You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Year of the GPS. Enjoy. I'm excited. Yes, me too. First Sunday, 2015. <laughs> New piece of tape on my Bible. <laughs> Woo! This is going to be good. Hallelujah. Well, let's pray. Father, we're so glad to be here this morning. Lord, we thank you for bringing us from all around the country and around the world, from Tunisia, from the West Coast. Lord, we thank you for bringing us here to the northeastern part of this nation to meet in this theater today. We do not take it for granted. We open our ears and we hear what you have to say to us this morning. We didn't come to to listen to people. We came to receive from you, Father. We focus on your Holy Spirit, and we say, Holy Spirit, mold us and shape us. Lead us forward in your plan for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're here to receive from God, and we encourage you to come to Highway Church with that expectation. All right? Well, uh, the last few years, last few months of 2014, excuse me, last few months of 2014, I began to ask the Lord, said, Father, what do you want us to focus on in 2015? What what is the theme for the year? What do you want to emphasize? And I believe the Lord put it on my heart that our focus for this year is to be being led by the Spirit in our lives, being led by the Spirit. And he began to encourage me on your behalf to let you know that he's gone ahead of us into 2015 and he's prepared a place for us. And in 2015, I believe this will be a year, not only for the church corporately, for Highway Church, but also for us individually, where God will position and establish us for the fulfillment of his purpose. So we're going to call 2015 the year of the GPS. Now we know GPS stands for global positioning system, right? But in our case, the G stands for God. God's positioning system. Because God wants to position and establish us this year for the fulfillment of our destiny individually and corporately. And he does that by leading us by his Spirit. So why being led by the Spirit? Of all the things we could focus on, why being led by the Spirit? Well, one reason is that God has a destination for you. He has a destination for you. He's prepared a place for you. God has set a path for your life. God has a prosperous plan for you. It's a prosperous path. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's go there. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, says it this way in the Amplified. For we are God's own handiwork. Do you think of yourself in that way 
Have you ever put anything together with your hands, whether it be cookies or, or, or um, an engine or anything? We are God's own handiwork with his own hands, his workmanship. It's good to know that we didn't make ourselves. Isn't that good? The world would have you think that you just happened, and here you are. But in reality, God took the time, the energy, and the resources to handcraft you. You're his handiwork. And it says, if we keep reading in verse 10 in the Amplified, that we've been recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. That's what Jesus said to Nicodemus in John 3, you must be born again. And that's by putting our faith in Christ. So we've been born anew. Why? Why did God take the time to make you unique? Why did he do that? Why did he bring Jesus to the earth so that you could be recreated and made new in him? That we may do those, what kind of works? Good works. works. Sure. Which God predestined, all that word means is simply planned beforehand. Before you were born, God planned these works for you. For us, which makes sense because before anything is made, the purpose is already determined, right? Before a bridge is built, the purpose is clear, right? Before a car is made, the purpose is clear. Before God made you, custom handcrafted you, the purpose for your life was already established, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them. Amplified clarifies what these paths are like. Living the what kind of life? Good life. So they're good works, and it's a good life that he's prepared for us. The good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Mm. So when we say that God has set a path for your life, it's very important that you know in your heart that not everything that has happened to you was a part of God's plan for your life. All of us have experienced things in this earth that were not God's will for us. Now, there are theologians and pastors that will vehemently disagree with what I just said. And there is a teaching that's very common in the body of Christ that everything that has happened to you and everything that goes on in the earth is part of God's plan. However, Jesus... God in the flesh did not teach that, nor did his ministry exemplify that, nor do the scriptures support that teaching. In fact, Jesus, God in the flesh, tells us very clearly and demonstrated very clearly that Satan is the ruler 
of this world. That's what Jesus called him, the prince or the ruler of this world. And the scriptures teach us that the ruler of this world has strategies against you. (laughs) It's good to know that. What does he want to do? Derail you. He wants to get you off of the path that God has for your life. He wants to keep you from those good works, to keep you from living the good life that God has prearranged and made ready for you to live. Satan knows. I mean, he doesn't know the specifics of God's plans for you, but he knows how good God is. He knows that God is holy, pure, that God is love, that God is righteous, that God has nothing but the best in store for you. Satan knows that what God has for you, even though he doesn't know the specifics of it, he knows because of God's character that it is infinitely greater and more satisfying than anything and everything that anyone in this world could ever give you, what God has for you. You can take the greatest business deals of history, put them all together, and the profits of them, and all of the awards and accolades that man has ever received, all of the accomplishments, and put them all together, and they will pale in comparison to the satisfaction you personally will experience by following the Holy Spirit in your life. There is nothing like it. I mean, how many examples have we seen, even in recent history? We see them in the Scriptures. We see them in our lifetime, in recent history, of men and women in different fields who achieved what the world said was success. And they ended up taking their lives because after, after they achieved that plateau, they realized they were still empty, right? This world can't satisfy you like the Holy Spirit can, like becoming the handcrafted person that God made you to be. Don't let the enemy rob you of that. So who won the World Cup in 2014? Anybody know? Germany, Germany, yeah. That's good. Well, who won the World Cup in 2006? Don't look on your phones. Anyone know 2006? No. No. Three guesses, three strikes, you're out. (laughs) How about in 1998? We didn't even get 2006. That was just eight years ago. 1998, anyone? It was Italy in 2006. 98? No. no. We wish it was the USA. No, France. How about 1986? Man, you guys are slow, huh? 1978? No. Why am I asking that question? Because mankind spends so much time and effort and resources on things that are passing away, we can't even remember them eight years ago. And at the moment, it seems like the greatest thing ever, but gone. When you follow the Holy Spirit, he'll lead you to the eternal thing. See, the scriptures exhort us to know that only what we do for Christ will last. 
it's going to be a shock to many who aren't living for Christ to realize that no one even knows anything that's been accomplished in their lives when this is all said and done. Won't remember who won anything. Super Bowl, what's that? When it's, this earth is passing away. So knowing that, we are purposeful people. We focus on the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives because we want to do, the, do what we do for Christ. Now, you can win a Super Bowl for Christ. You can, you can do those things for him, and, and in those cases, they will be remembered because you can do what you do for his glory. So in 2015, if we're not attentive to the Holy Spirit, if we're not mindful and keeping our minds stayed on the things of God, what can end up happening is, is we can let the world outside of us and around us establish our priorities instead of the Holy Spirit living within us. It doesn't take long for that to happen. You can get so caught up in the wow of the now of the world your priorities can begin to shift off of God's priorities for our lives. So God's given us an internal navigational system, a positioning system, to keep us on his path. Mm -hmm. And it's really simple. There's just two elements, his word and his spirit. Mm -hmm. Those are the two elements of God's positioning system that we're going to focus on. In 2015, his word and his spirit. They never contradict each other, ever. Because we serve one God. There's only one God, right? Jesus said when they asked him the greatest commandment, he says, Hear, O Israel, uh, the Lord thy God is one Lord. We serve one God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the Word of God. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. They never contradict each other. When you're talking to one, you're talking to all of them, right? God the Father says what God the Son says. God the Son says what God the Father says. The Holy Spirit says what God the Son says, right? So that's important to know. In fact, Jesus said, in John chapter 4, verse 23, that true worshipers shall worship God in spirit and in truth. And he defines truth for us in John 17, 17. He's talking to his father. He says, thy word is truth. So true worshipers worship God in spirit and in the word. And we need both. You cannot fulfill God's plan with only one. Why do I say that? Because in the body of Christ we see extremes of both. In other words, we see historically over the years where there are Christians who have focused on the written word of God and mentally with their natural mind have tried to understand it. And that is their focus on their relationship with God, to natural, with their natural mind, focus on the written word. And as a result, they've become legalistic. And they've come up with, with additional steps that they say we need to take in order to please God. And they have, they've implemented different uh, doctrines that Jesus never established. 
And we, we call that letter of the law Christianity. And it's dry. And it turns people off. So you either get, on it, get in on it and get crabby yourself or you reject it and go somewhere else. And then on the other spectrum, we've got people who are longing for supernatural things and longing to experience spiritual things, failing to realize that just because something is supernatural or spiritual doesn't mean it's God. So their goal is to experience the spiritual. And they've drifted from the written word and become weird. <laughs> and they've scared people away. See? So when we have the word and the spirit, the word keeps us from following strange spirits. Because they're out there, right? They're fallen spirits, demons that are trying to pull us off God's path for our lives. And when we stick with the Word, regardless of what supernatural event takes place, if it doesn't agree with the written Word, we know it's not God, and we don't follow after it, right? So the Word keeps us from getting weird, right? And the Spirit keeps us from getting dry and legalistic and crabby, right? So we need both. Jesus revealed himself as the good shepherd. Can I tell you a funny story about the good yeah. shepherd? Jennifer, I, 20 years ago, as of December 31st, uh, we were trying to find a place for our wedding reception. And I was making phone calls. And I called a church. They had a reception hall. And they said, hello, this is the blue shepherd. I said, the blue shepherd? the blue shepherd? And he said, no, I said the good shepherd. So I thought they said the blue shepherd, but they said the good shepherd. Anyway, Jesus is the blue shepherd. No, he's the good shepherd. So every time we think of the good shepherd, I think of that story. They must have thought I was crazy. Church of the blue shepherd. All right. No, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Why is he good? Because he's God. And he wants to lead you into the green pastures the places of plenty that God prepared for you before you were born. Thank you, Lord. Thank Let's go to John chapter 10. Let's listen to the good shepherd talk. He will absolutely change your life if you'll just trust him. John chapter 10, verse 14. This is God in the flesh, God the Son, talking, the beginning and the end. He says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me, even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. You will find when you study Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, he came so that we could know the Father as intimately as he knows the Father. Isn't that good? In verse 4 of John chapter 10, Jesus says, When he puts forth all his own, he goes before them. That's a true leader, right? And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. And a stranger, they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of a stranger. 
How do you get to know someone's voice? Spend time with them, right? So we follow Jesus because we spend time with him. And in 2015, I want to encourage you to make time alone with him, you and him, a priority. And don't get religious with it, saying you have to spend so many minutes and you have to do this and do... No, just, just find time. Make time in your schedule where you're not going to do anything else but get alone with Jesus. And I treasure more than anything else those times in my life. When I get in, I like to do it uh, in the morning before the day has begun. And I'll get alone with him. I'll get my Bible with a new piece of tape on it. And I'll, you know, I might go to John or I'm opening up to, to some of the, the promises that we're looking at here today. Or, and I'll just, like Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus. And I'll let the Holy Spirit unfold that verse to me. And that might be my time. I mean, I'll worship God. I'll say, God, thank you that you made me, that you have a great purpose for my life, and that you've gone before me. I'll just worship him for a time. I'll meditate on his promises for a time. And I'll just, it's like, to me, it's just like sitting in a warm bath. You just let the Holy Spirit strengthen you, encourage you, give you vision for the day, for the week, for that year, for your life. And man, it is so priceless. And when you do that, you get to know His voice. And so many Christians aren't doing that. And they're missing out on the assurance of Jesus' voice in their lives. And when you do that, you will recognize the voice of strangers. There are spirits who want to lead you in a different direction. They want to lead you into legalism. They want to lead you into, into supernatural things that are not from Him. Whatever, whatever way they can lead you to get you off of that path, they'll do it. And, and, and Paul tells us that they come as angels of light. They look holy. They look good. Right? But when you know His voice, you won't follow them. Right? So we're going to grow in 2015 more sure of your shepherd's voice than you ever have been before. And boy, are you going to be glad about it. So do you know his voice? What do you make your life decisions based on? Don't answer out loud. It's just something to think about. Because we can make our life decisions based on all kinds of things. Right. Really. We can base our life decisions on what we've been through, on our life experience. We can base our life decisions on what's going on in the world around us, on the economy, on the climate, on the weather, on philosophy, on the news. Or we could base our life decisions on the Word of God and the Spirit of God. That's where life is, right there. You'll notice when you read through the Scriptures, 
a resounding theme that God is good. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, which means he's not the bad shepherd, right? He's not the confused shepherd. He's not the up one day, down the next shepherd, right? He's the good shepherd. Mark chapter 1, verse 15, after Jesus defeated Satan in the wilderness, and he's about to begin his ministry, he comes out of the wilderness and he says the time is fulfilled. Paul said it, I think it's, is it 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians chapter 6? Behold, now is the acceptable time. Today is the day of salvation. He's quoting Isaiah. Jesus said the time is fulfilled. The time for you to walk with God is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. The life that God has for you is at hand in 2015. Repent, and religion has clouded that word up. It means change the way you think and believe the good news. Jesus came so that we could think differently about God, to set the record straight so that we would know without question that God is good and His plan and purpose for our lives is good. Think differently in 2015. It's the goodness of God that changes us. Romans chapter 2, verse 4 tells us that, that the goodness of God leads us to repentance, which means what? To think differently, right? So knowing and learning and growing in the goodness of God changes the way we think about ourselves and other people and changes the reason for our life decisions, the goodness of God. So we're going to learn how to recognize God's voice because if you want to experience the good life, the abundant life, Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, that God came to give us, you've got to know what's from God and what's not from Him. Because what's from Him, we embrace, we want to grow in, we want to experience everything that He has for us. But what's not from Him, we absolutely reject we refuse, we rebuke, we resist. And that's one of the, probably the most dangerous thing about that false teaching of God's sovereignty that says everything that happens is His will. Well, that means we just accept everything that happens. So, and those that say that healing is not God's will, they will go to a hospital or to a doctor to try and get better. Well, if, if it's God's will for us to be sick, why should we try and get better? See, these false teachings don't make sense when you just look at them. I mean, if God wants us to be sick, let's be sick, right? But He doesn't. Jesus came, Matthew eight seventeen says, that Himself took 
our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So you've got to know what's from him and what's not. And I want to encourage you to study the scriptures, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, and the rest of the Bible, and you'll find that sickness and disease are not from him. And if those things try and enter our lives, we rebuke them. I don't know, it was a few days ago, and, and Judah's nose started turning red. He started sneezing and coughing, and I didn't realize it till later on in the day. And I said, that's enough of that. And I laid my hand on his head, and I said, Cole, get out of here. I rebuke you. You have no right in our family. Amen. Jesus bore this so Judah doesn't have to. Amen. Go in the name of Jesus. The next day, it was like a different kid. No more red nose. No more walking around with a tissue. But you've got to know what's from him and what's not from him. We accept what's from him. We rebuke and resist what is not from him. And we're going to learn how to cultivate a vibrant relationship with him. But it all hinges upon this simple truth of knowing that God is good. Okay? Let's look at a few more scriptures, then we're going to wind this thing up. Psalm 16, verse 11. We're going to enjoy the Lord's Supper uh, this morning as well before we close. Jo Psalm 16, verse 11. says, Thou wilt make known to me the path of life. That lets me know God's not holding anything back. Right? He's not the mysterious God that man's religion makes him out to be. He's ready to reveal himself. And we learned that in the last two Sundays. That's what Jehovah means. The God who unceasingly reveals himself. Right? You will make known to me the path of life. You're not trying to keep it a secret. You want me to know your purpose. You want me to fulfill your plan. You're for me, not against me. Right? In thy presence is fullness of joy. In thy right hand there are pleasures forever. When you begin to realize how good he is, there is nothing that can keep you from following him. That's why religion is so dangerous, right? Man's version of this is full of, you, you miss out on the goodness of God. God is good and he has good things for you. And when you realize that, you begin to cultivate a relationship with him and nothing can stop you. James chapter 1 verse 17 tells us that every good thing there's a lot of good in these scriptures, isn't there? Yes. Wow. Good works, good life, good shepherd. My goodness, good thing. Every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. The good things are from him. James chapter 29, excuse me, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. When you think of 2015, I want to encourage you to think of this. Jeremiah 29, 11, the good shepherd is speaking. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to confuse and discourage you. To, to cause you to be um, sad and worried and distressed. No, okay. Plans to prosper you 
The Hebrew word that is there, there is shalom. Powerful word. Plans to shalom, to make you whole, to cause you to prosper, to be well. That's the plans that I have for you. Now, it's so important to know that. Don't accept anything else other than that. And not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. The King James says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. When you think of God thinking of you, do you think He's disappointed with you? Do you kind of go before Him with trepidation or kind of a little unsure because you didn't do such and such right or you know you could have done better? He doesn't want that. He wants us to come before Him without reservation, with boldness and confidence because of what Jesus did on our behalf. Right? So the thoughts that He has towards you are not thoughts of you being a failure or of you falling short, but of you being His son or daughter. And of the great plans, the prosperous plans, he has for you. That's what he's thinking of when you come before him. I know the thoughts I think towards you, thoughts of shalom, wholeness, prosperity, well-being, not of evil, to give you an expected end. One more translation, the message translation says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. Thank you, Lord. 2015. Receive that from the Lord this morning. Being led by the Spirit is the distinguishing characteristic of God's sons and daughters. Our last scripture, Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So in 2015, it's the year of the GPS being led by God's Spirit. Becoming more sure of His voice, more sure of His plan, of His purpose, more sure of the finished work of Christ in our lives. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for this time we've had together to worship You, to sing unto You, to sow our finances into Your kingdom to give you um, our expression of praise. And for this time in your word, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving us your word and for giving us yourself so that we can navigate through each day of our lives and go forward living the good life you prearranged and made ready for us to live. We thank you for a prosperous year, not because of well wishes of man or because... Uh, of any other reason but because of you because you are good and your plan for our life is good 
And we thank you for you reigning in 2015 in our lives. In Jesus' name. God wants you to know his voice, to be led by his spirit in your life decisions because he has a prosperous plan for you. Jesus is the good shepherd. Put your faith in his word and let his spirit lead you into the good life he has prepared for you. Amen.